You're listening to DraftKings Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, that'll do it for another edition of Radio Row. <laughs> oh my God, we all, we both, we all three of us have sat down and just gone. We, we, we didn't even convey our tiredness. We went, ugh. I could just rest my head on this microphone and just go to sleep. <laughs> Michael like Jr. was doing the exact same thing to that same microphone. So you guys yeah. are basically that makes touching me happy. Lips. Yeah, it makes me happy. I don't know if I should. I feel like we were insulted a little bit by the show. Why? With how, like, you know, Dan doing the bit of, why did we send you guys out there? We have not stopped. Billy backstabbed us. We and I want to put yeah. that out there. Yeah. Just so everybody knows. Billy backstabbed mm-hmm. us during the show. Is it just like a, is it just a bit at this point? Like, anytime we go anywhere, it's going to be questioned right. as to I think it's why me. are we doing that? I think it's me. It can't be you. I think if, like, if Woody was here, I mean, I don't, I don't think that they're doing it to you. Like, if Woody was by himself, it would be like, this is a competent thing. If you throw me in it, if you throw me in it. <laughs> just purely by default. If you just throw so me in it. So if it's just me and Woody, everything's okay. I think, I think it gets mocked less. I have to be honest, mate. I, like you've been the MVP, so I don't. Really I, don't know, like, I don't know how. There's like, pros your, and cons. Your judgment can be questioned, right? But that's why I think it's all part of the bit, right? They just want to, you know. But when you have me involved, it's very easy to just be like, "Ah, oh, what the hell did we send you?" Ah, uh, wacky out there? Chris. Well, right? it's just, I think it's because I went to the name dropping too much. It's like they were like, "What's going on out there?" And I just started name dropping people we saw. <laughs> that was kind of undercutting the work that we did out here, which you know? I'm pretty sure like broke a ton of LA coats. I know. Sure. I couldn't yeah. live out here. The, the LA people the, the, cannot be pleased with you. The word would get out so quick if I lived out here. <laughs> like Chris Cody's dry snitching on he, people where if, they're at. If he shows up to a bar, get out because it's going to be on the, the Dan Levitard show. I need to day. say something. Like Chris has surprised me. Chris Cody has surprised me with his ability to snipe out media members. Yeah. incredible. From miles away. You guys, lo- you saw this in Tahoe too, though, like, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But we learned it the You first were doing time. it with people that are I, like I, newspaper writers. Yes. And I was like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, like you'd walk by, like, we'd be just standing here like, oh yeah, look, there's Rob Parker. And, yeah. like, and it's like, wow. Dan Graziano. Yeah, Dan, Dan Graziano. It's like, that's Jeremy Fowler right there. Yeah, Jeremy Fowler was like, an incredible show. He was wearing a mask. Right, exactly. I mean, that, dude, like, that how, dude's a monster. Like, he's a big dude. I like know that. I've like seen that guy. I thought he was like 5'4", by the way. Really? When I saw him, he's taller than I am. And I looked at him and I was like, holy shit. I will shit. say, you, you, you were, your spidey senses were failed today when I picked out Brock Hubert yeah. and you thought he was somebody well, else. Like it, mm. That's why I'm so good at it that when I see someone and I know that there's somebody and yeah. I can't name them, I just start going, oh, damn it. I will say that was a fairly nondescript looking man. It was like t-shirt and shorts. I might have yeah. hit you with, I think it's a Heward and then you said Brock Hubert or no? Yeah. yeah. Or, I think you might have said quarterback. Or you, like yeah. a quarterback. Yeah. Or, or you said TV Brock Hubert and I was like, it's definitely yeah. a Heward. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. So should we like walk the audience through like what this week has been? Because in some way, like, like, do you want to lay out your bona fides as like, hey, we actually put a shift in? My God, did we put a shift in? We were waking up at like 5 a.m. Like literally, we were at Adam McKay's house at 5 a.m. on Tuesday. That was right. day one for me. Well, that was our day off. Yeah. Like, air quotes, <laughs> like, air quotes, our day off. We're like, we didn't have to come in and do the show because we're like, yeah, go make stuff in Los Angeles. Yeah. And 
And on like, Wednesday, when they're like, Chris, why didn't you get your credential Tuesday? Oh, because I was out doing bits from 4.30 a.m. till 4 p.m. Yeah. And then Billy's like, oh, you guys are just eating sandwiches. It's like, that's all we ate. Tony and I, and we, we did not <laughs> eat day, that thing. That, was that, a, that particular day was like lunch was at... F- Three and we had had nothing before that. Yeah. And it's like the, I'm Full getting radio we're, we're getting mocked for creating content at lunch. Yeah, like, what even at our lunch, we're making content for these people. Yeah. What more do they want from us? There was like one dinner that we had. We weren't making content. Yeah. Every other like bit that that we've had of free time yeah. or leaving the yeah lake. right. Even at Koi, I did the Brussels sprouts. Right. Thing exactly. Yeah. 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 You're making content. God, it's all we do is make content. Yeah. Look, we're making content right now. We're making content right now. At the end of a long week oh, of talking, I need a cigarette. Setting things up. I, I, I mean, I need another. I don't even t- smoke cigarettes, and I need a I'll, cigarette. I'll join you. All right, I, Woody's got me. I need a javelin. I feel defeated. You know what? Shout out to Lewis. Little javskis. Little javskis. So that's actually probably the. Have we talked about the Ricky Williams thing on any platform? Uh, we haven't yet. No. Okay. So. Tuesday, one of the many bits of content that we made. Well, everyone thought we were like on a beach yeah. vacationing. <laughs> we were making shit, and we went to this marijuana lab. A lab? Is, is it is it a lab? Would you it, call it a lab, Tony? It was like a grow house. A, a grow, grow house. house. A grow house. Yeah. <laughs> There's different you've, areas you've where it like for does different things. Right, exactly. You know? So the various phases yes. of growing marijuana. Right. And so we got kind of the middle and the end bits. I don't know where the beginning bits were yeah. in the grow house, but we did see the middle bits and the end bits. And so they're like these these lighthouses that have a ton of UV light and LED light where they're growing marijuana. And there's like, you can see a plant there. And then you get into the final bit and you see like this... Kind of, how would you even describe that? Almost like it was a, like the ends of a broomstick. Yeah, exactly, like a cornucopia of marijuana, just hanging down because they're drying. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, drying. And leaf. I learned that like you know you have to dry them at a temperature and a humidity. And it, Ricky taught me so much. Your, shit. Innoc- your innocent curiosity was adorable in that. Well, it was, honestly, it was more of a scientific curiosity than it was an innocent one because I generally don't know how the process of growing marijuana works. Mm. I have no interest in using the product. Uh, <laughs> you know, unless he, unless you did in this right. video. Which is going to come out soon. Well, I mean, I will say, if Ricky was a bit more forceful about like making me do it, I might have. Not on camera, right. but I might have. Hmm. But uh, but you yeah. still might have. Uh, yeah. TB- I, I, TBD. But you still might. I'm not going to be peer pressured by you guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I love you guys. We but don't I'm have not, enough. No. Ricky, if Ricky pressure. Williams did, Abby, you've seen, I might give it a go. You've seen how brilliant and inspiring we become when yeah. we toss a javelin. Yeah. You know you've what? Seen that's, it actually, that's actually fair. Like We've had a couple of really, uh, really nice chats. Some good, some good dinners. We've gotten, you know. We have had some really, like, we've had some good conversations. Yeah. Like, we had a good with Brad Williams at dinner with yeah. Sedano the other night. Yeah, Sedano was great as yes. well. Ryan Russillo, the mayor of mayor Manhattan, Manhattan Beach. Beach. Yeah. Cortez was giving me some shit for that. Cortez texted me too. Yeah, yes. Cortez. Cortez didn't doesn't like anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you want to betray his confidence? What did he text you? Nah, uh, it's just like having a go at us for hanging out with the with some of the people that were there. But uh, uh, just, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to stop. We need to stop for a second. We go to a bar where yeah. somebody is there, right? Yeah, and we get in trouble for we're, being we're at that bar because we're, we're hanging to, out we're with them. We're supposed to like give them the cold shoulder oh, and tell them that. I believe he was oh, mad at me please. for not punching one of them in the face. Oh please! <laughs> <laughs> we did almost like West Side Story up to uh, up to. It's a Marvel, uh, by the way. Clay West Travis. Side Story. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> the deep cut. So I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh. But uh, yeah, so we're here. It like welcome I think- to Mystery Crate, by the way. Hey, oh, that's what this is. Presented oh. by DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can bet on Super Bowl Fifty Six, an official sports betting partner 
Let's see, roll 56. Shout out to Hector. Dan. Oh, shout out to Hector. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Hector. He was brilliant. Uh, shout out to Matt. Matt there. Yeah, Matt. Matt All has right. Been fantastic guy, Matt. as well. Oh, I wish we had our uh, uh, logo trivia game with Matt on camera. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we played a game. So Matt, despite no, working here one. at the one. Super Bowl, uh, it, uh, he doesn't yeah. know anything about sports. Yeah. And so yeah. he asked us who the participants were in the Super Bowl. Right. Which I thought was fairly stunning considering we're in Los Angeles. But classic Matt. We uh, we decided to then play a sports logo yeah, game. game. You know what? Maybe that'll be how we'll close this episode of Mystery yeah. Freight. I've got two of them right here. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll take do a look that. at these. We'll do, we'll do that here at the end. We'll play a little game of Guess a Logo with Matt. Right now, though, yeah, it's time for Darth Mean's Rule of Two. Oh, let's go! The Book of Boba Fett, the last one. So next week, oh, that's sad. A, I love get, these. These have been a, so good. Get a bog standard Debatable. episode of Mystery Crate. We having a go. Of yeah, what, what's for? wrong with you? I listened to one Super of Bowl week, buddy. <laughs> We'll get a bog standard episode. I'm a cinephile guy. What do you want from me? Of Mystery Crate next Mystery week. Crate. Right now, though, some Star Wars chat. Welcome to, I guess this is the last episode for now, of Darth Amin's Rule of Two. My name is Amin Hassan, and over there is my apprentice, Anthony Mays. As a reminder, Cinephobe is a podcast that we do, so please like, rate, subscribe, review, etc., etc. Cinephobe wherever you get podcasts. We made it, Mays. We made it to the end of the season of The Book of Boba Fett, mm. Chapter 7. The name of honor. We'll give you our thoughts, obviously, about the, the season as a whole. We'll go through this episode and give you the Easter eggs as we usually do. We'll also have you questions. I promised you last time I'd answer questions. I'm going to devote some time to questions as well as some other things that we can look forward to in the near future regarding Star Wars. Some big news came out this week, obviously, about the next series, when it's coming out and what it's going to be. Yeah, I mean... I got an early birthday present. That's right. It's coming out on my birthday, May 25th, Obi-Wan. Does that mean it's an early birthday present, though? If it come out on your birthday, isn't it an on-time birthday present? The present that I'm getting that's early is the knowledge that it'll be there for me. I got you. On my birthday. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a Star Wars fan right there. And not the first time either. I saw Phantom Menace for my 10th birthday in 1999. Let's do this. Let's not waste time. Let's jump right into the review of Chapter 7 in the Name of Honor. Got a new Oscar pedigree name for you. I mean, the Godfetther. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, they went out of their way on this one. Let's get going. Boba and Fennec, they're at the sanctuary. It's wrecked. It's war. It was inevitable. Mando's there. That was fast. Yeah. He doesn't know that Cobb Vanth got shot. Boba agrees to ban Spice. It's killing their people. Fennec is reluctant. There's a lot of credits in that orange powder, I mean. Yeah, and this is like the crux of the Hut Empire that Jabba built was off of being basically a conduit to the Pike Spice trade. Matter of fact, in A New Hope in the special edition where we see Jabba visit Han at the hangars where the Millennium Falcon is parked, and he gives him shit he basically says dude i can't afford to have smugglers 
who dumped spice at the first sign of an Imperial Star Destroyer. And that's when Han says, hey, man, like everyone gets boarded and he tries to make a bunch of excuses. It's also a direct reference to The Godfather when they ask Sonny about cocaine. He says there's a lot of money in that white powder. <laughs> you know what I used to have for breakfast? <laughs> cocaine. Cocaine. You know what I had for lunch? Cocaine. What'd you have for dinner? With the cocaine. Boba wants to lock down at the palace, but Scad oh suggests they stay in town. Drash says the people need their protection. Cad Bane goes to see the Pikes. Mermock Shays is there. He's not off planet. Cad says Freetown is no longer a problem. He took care of it. Mayor mentions the Tuscan Raiders, and then the Pike leader confirms what we suspected. I mean, that they are the ones who killed the Tuscans. And not the Nikto Speed Bikers. Mm-hmm. Film noir. Oh, twist. Bane calls them ruthless, but the pikes are pragmatic. Had to protect their margins. They're penny-pinching pikes. Yes, they are. The mayor agreed to surgical strikes, but not open warfare. He still thinks he's the mayor. And Bane has an idea how to draw Bob out. We get an X-Wing arriving at Pelimoto's. She thinks it's the cops. But it's just R2 dropping Grogu off for shared custody. I love that Tatooine is forever on some real outer rim shit, right? Like the idea that as soon as the next thing shows up, hey, man, we're going to get that paperwork right as soon as you were landing. That's how I got I got started on it. Everyone's got like some sort of like sob story. And she sees baby Yoda peeking his head out of the cockpit. Grogu, whoa, that's a terrible name. Sorry about that, pal. No way I'm calling you that. Did you think it was a little horse shit that, like, Luke basically says, take your ass on there? What's a little <laughs> horse shit is them not wanting to spend the money on more CGI Luke face. Might be the last time we see that for a while. Yeah. She admires his mithril coat under his robe, fetches him some dung worms to slurp up like Bucatini, and Grogu's back. Sure is. Fennec explains they need to split up to cover all areas of the town. This is a terrible idea. There's seven of them. Yeah. It solely makes sense only for the betrayal to happen. How do we make sure that all three of the different families betray them? Well, I get it. Let's just split everybody up to the different zones and then they'll be betrayed. And by the way, they did zero Zero effort in making this betrayal happen. Hey, Boba, Boba. Hey, guys, I want you to join with me. Hey, we're kind of scared. All right, well, can you promise me you won't get involved? We promise. We promise. With zero tension or stakes or anything that impetus for it to happen. They just immediately sell them out. <sighs> Why did Boba believe them? They want to surprise the arriving pikes. They got the Gamorians in the starport. You guys said the two Gamorians who don't have guns. What if the pikes had arrived? What are they going to do? It's two of y'all. And also, hey, guys, may not want to stand with your back to a cliff. Just going to throw that out there. They put Kersantan with the Trandoshans. Really? After he ripped a dude's arm off? Santa, why, why are we sending you to the place where, like, the most beef possible? Mm-hmm. Generational beef. And the Power Rangers, they got the Oculus Quarter Workers District. The Power Rangers get the district where everyone hates you guys and thinks you're unemployed bums. It's insane. How everyone got sent to like their worst possible place. Black guy, I want you to stake out the clan meeting. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Jewish man, can you go to the to the Nazi rally down the street? Like, what are we doing here? 88 announces the arrival of Cad Bane. Didn't think they could get surprised, but here he is. Thought I smelled something. Bane's here to negotiate for the pikes. I don't negotiate with gutless murderers. 
If that's not the quack to calling the stifling slimy. Oh, that's not the first time we've heard that line, Maze. Chapter 16 of The Mandalorian, season two, episode eight of The Mandalorian. Boba Fett says that to one of Bo-Katan's lieutenants. Koska Reeves calls Boba a sidekick, and he throws that back at her. She's clearly a sidekick. So it's implied that Cad Bane might have taught Boba this saying. Yeah, young Boba. Bane implies that he killed Cobb Vanth. They've both got backshooters. Let the spice move. Boba says no. We'll only negotiate with the head of the pikes. And that's when Bane reveals the pikes killed the Tuscans. Such an unnecessary reveal from Bane. I would have liked if it was him who had killed the Tuscans, right? Like that would have been cooler. Put some stakes on it, man. But no, he's just coming here to snitch on his employers. You know it's true, which of course evokes memories of Darth Vader telling Luke. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Bane is ready to go, but Fennec talks Boba down. Fight on our terms, not theirs. You're going soft in your old age, man. We all do. And we get the Major Domo doing a lot of talking with his hands. Chad Bane's older than you, dude. He clearly hasn't gone soft. Well, well, we'll get to him. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Aqualish attack the Power Rangers, who are completely worthless and get pinned down immediately by a couple people taking blasters out of barrels. Oh, no, Amin! The rest of the families are with the Pikes! Oh, yeah. Big surprise there. Ah! Steven Root never showed back up. Nope. Remember that, that evil look on his face? Yep. Doesn't matter. It was irrelevant. Some more of his water gets spilled here as the Trandoshans attack Santo. The Clatoonians force the Gamorians off the cliff and they squeal as they fall. Fennec wants to take out command and control, so she's heading to Moss Eisley. Santo gets dogpiled by 10 Trandoshans. And on her way to Moss Eisley, Fennec makes a pit stop, bails out the Power Rangers, and they say thank you. And she says, hmm, manners. These millennials, turns out, they're just like us. They're just like you and me. The pikes surround the sanctuary. Boba says all three gotras turned on them. And Mando says it was the smart move, which is echoing the Godfather once again. I mean, at Vito's funeral, when Michael and Tom realized it was Tessio who betrayed the family. It's also the obvious move. Absolutely no mystery or tension or film noir in that. Of course, they were going to sell him out. He literally asked them, please, just don't get involved. I know we're going to talk about it then, but like, that's the big problem. It's not that Boba's become nicer or become less ruthless. It's that like he's an idiot. The big twists in this episode that set up all the fighting, we saw coming a mile away. Also, it was episode three and four. It feels like we've gone all over the galaxy since then. And this is exactly what we were talking about. There's just a ton of setup, and it's insanely obvious that it was going to get to this point the whole time, so there really doesn't feel like a lot of stakes. The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. 
To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com slash crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Oba and Mando are ready to fight to the death. Major Domo decides to brag about his Coruscant education and civic council negotiations. I did enjoy this. I don't know why. I, I enjoyed him giving us some exposition about his life story growing up on Coruscant. My parents weren't wealthy. Yeah, he can't help himself from giving detail after detail. That has nothing to do with what he's talking about. Boba writes his terms on a tablet, which, of course, the Major Domo doesn't even look at. And he says, I have no compunction whatsoever, genuflecting or even groveling if need be. He goes out there. He reads the tablet. Boba offers nothing. Nothing. He also says, let us dispense with the pleasantries, which is throwback to Return of the Jedi when Vader told an Imperial officer, you may dispense with the pleasantries, Commander. I am here to put you back on schedule. That's when he got on the other Death Star. Let them know, hey, guys aren't building this shit fast enough. This provides a distraction so Boba and Mando can come swooping in on their jetpacks. I actually did like this. But then, of course, they immediately land. Yep. (laughs) And just take heavy fire. Yep. Boba uses knee pad rockets. Mando uses the whistling birds. Then, just when it seems like... They're getting outgunned. The Freetown Cavalry arrives, led by the Weequay bartender. And they're riding all in the same speeder, looking like a clown car. There's 800 people on this small thing. And this small band of freedom fighters drives away the pikes. Who knew that's all it took? Yeah. yeah. And the Power Rangers show up. And yeah. Drash has the tiniest little pea shooter gun. <laughs> And then at one point, I was trying to figure out when this happened exactly, but SCAD does a Travolta swordfish spin. Spin. Yes, he did. (laughs) One of the most unnecessary spins. To keep it in Star Wars canon, it reminds me of Vader versus (laughs) Obi-Wan. Like, they're fighting, and at one point on the Death Star, Obi-Wan spins, and it's so slow. Oh, yeah. Mid-fight, like, I'm going to turn and show you my back. And then turn back around. Assume nothing's going to go wrong. What? There's a little bit of sand scurrier, city rat banter between the Freetown folk and the Power Rangers. They're not too fond of each other. Santo escaped all those Trandoshans and is just throwing pikes around before limping back to the group, dragging that foot. Getting lit up, by the way, by blaster fire. They take so much blaster fire, all of them. I'm all for being understanding, but... Stormtroopers will literally get hit by Ewoks with rocks and sticks, and that's it. And this dude is taking blast of fire in the fur. I know he's got the cybernetics, but goddamn, man. Boba says he owes him a long soak in the back to tank, just foreshadowing a twist coming later. Corny twist. Then two massive Scorponek Annihilator droids show up. These are based on the concept designs for an evolution of the Phantom Menace's droidicas. Or destroyer droids. Shout out to the droidicas. The destroyer droids that have a little force field around them. Okay, so Maze, I had two schools of thought on this. One was, why the hell did they not just destroy them like they did in Clone Wars? It's like either you you jump into the, the force field, can't stop you from walking into it. Or roll droid poppers, those little hand grenades or whatever. Detonators that basically look like a little ball. And they would roll them very gently 
Because if it goes too fast, that's what it was. If you rolled it too fast, it would bounce off the force field. Yeah, that's what they said when they said the kinetic weapons are moving too fast to, right. to get in there. What they would do, like there's an episode of Clone Wars. This is actually where we are introduced to Saw Gerrera for the first time. If you watch Rogue One, Forrest Whitaker's character, Saw Gerrera, at that point he's an old man. But in the Clone Wars, he's like a young freedom fighter, him and his sister, and the Jedi can't get involved because it's not technically not a, a galactic republic uh, system, but they know that they're fighting against the separatists. So they then like CIA style train these guerrilla fighters. And one of the things they train them is, is you got to take those detonators and you got to roll them slow. So it go through the force field. And then once it's under the force field, detonate it. And then that blows up the thing. And I was like, does no one know this shit? Cause it would seem like common knowledge for people who are fighting against, you know, whatever. Then I thought maybe this is like the 2022 version and they've been upgraded and that stuff doesn't work anymore. It definitely seemed like this shield was way stronger. But I was trying to remember how they dealt with Droidicas in episode one and two. And I think that they mostly just ran away. Oh. I don't think that they ever breached the shield did anakin and the naboo starfighter blow a couple up right so if you have a ship okay but in terms of just your gun or even with a lightsaber you're bailing which brings me back to boba's like hey let me get back to my place and the power rangers like no you have to stay but i have a ship at my place that has a bunch of guns. Yeah, could have gone and got a ship. That would have been a good idea. All these bikes are on foot. I just go and fly over and destroy everybody. Yeah, the Scorpion X also have a, a nice little HAL 9000 eye in the center there. I wonder how to kill him, huh? Yeah. wonder if it has anything to do with that. The shield is even resistant to Boba's backpack missile, which just makes a big explosion. Then it clears. We knew that wasn't going to work. Boba, you should have known that wasn't going to work. They split up. Mando and Boba try to take on one of the droids while the other chases everyone else. Nothing's working. Flamethrower. Nope. Darksaber. Nope. Energy nor kinetic weapons work. Boba's going to go fly off to get reinforcements. Mando's running around. Absolute terrible time for Pelimoto to show up with Grogu. But there she is. I laughed. I laughed. because like, hey, what's going on? Look, I got a surprise for you. She's like, get the hell out of here. He's <laughs> He's frantically trying to get her to... She's like, what? And then she starts screaming in terror. I laughed. It was funny. They hop on the RIC droid chauffeur. She calls it a bucket of bolts, which is what Princess Leia called the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. An empire. Then the Power Rangers and the Freetowners decide, this is far enough. (laughs) We'll make our stand here behind this tiny wall. Yeah. Because Drash says, I grew up around the corner. This is it for us. Okay, cool. Way to flex your loke knowledge. Good for you. A womp hops away, by the way. Womp hop. The term meaning, I guess, like a womp rat skipping a jump away or whatever. But also, how durable is this wall, Maze? It's almost as durable as the goddamn force field around the droidicas. There's some bonding between oh my God. her and the Freetowner girl. Uh, maybe you and I are not so different (laughs) they tell her that maybe her pea shooter gun isn't gonna get the job done so she gets the rifle from the weak way who has to hold her small gun who has to use that gun for the rest of the episode he looks at her like are you serious my heart was warmed when grogu goes flying into mando's arms and they're hugging 
while they're being chased. And then he says, hey, that's the shirt. You got the shirt. Yeah. Aw. Save your tender moment. And that's when Pelimoto tells us it's a Scorpionac droid. Exposition. The RIC droid explodes. They go flying. Mando catches Grogu. Pelimoto gets caught by her face and she spits out a tooth. <laughs> There's thunderous roars and growls in the distance as Boba shows up riding the Rancor. Yeah. Just I- as he predicted when he said, I've ridden beasts. Ten times as large. Yeah, and I love how he got trained, but apparently Danny Trejo couldn't be bothered to train him on camera. No. Why would we check in with Boba during his training in the last two episodes? Hey, Robert Rodriguez, don't cast your friends to be in roles that might be pivotal. Like, I guess it's cool that you guys are giving us these cameos, like Steven Root, Danny Trejo, whatever, but it's like, if you only got him available for one day, maybe don't give him that role. Do the thing with Sudeikis as a scout trooper. Couple of lines and we're good. But you can't be someone we actually need. Did we need this? Like, did you really want him riding the Rancor training? Like Grogu and Luke? Something. Let's check in on the Rancor every once in a while. That the bond is growing. No, they bonded. It's done. You just, you see him with your eyes for the first time. Lock it in. Permanent bond for life. He's riding and the Rancor is shrieking and yada, yada, yada. What happens next? He's actually causing a lot of damage to Mos Espa. It's kind of Zack Snyder-esque. Destroying Mos Espa. Rancor is able to tangle with the droid and damage the shield. Mando sneaks in there, stabs the droid in the brain with the Darksaber, but not through the eye. And then, of course, Grogu does his little waddle out there, removes a bolt that he catches. Were you like me and you thought when he waddled out there, he was going to lift his hand up like to use the force. But instead, he pulls out his little green lightsaber. Oh, Grogu's going to start doing front. You didn't think of that? No, I didn't think that was coming yet because I was I think he was forced to make the choice. You were hoping for like Darth Sidious. (laughs) Yeah, like. Flips and, and twirls and all that. <laughs> Count Dooku or Darth Sidious fight Yoda. Yep, yep. Rancor finishes the job, rips it apart when Boba says, do it. Power Rangers and friends still pinned down, same spot. They get on the roof and do almost nothing. This is my favorite thing. It's like, I'll distract the droid. And literally, she's standing right next to her. Distract her from what? <laughs> It's going to turn and shoot at you dumbasses standing next to each other. I don't know what their plan was. I don't think it worked. There was no plan. There was no plan. The Rancor shows up and knocks the second droid into a building. And everybody's like, oh, is it dead? And no, it's not dead. It gets up and then it's giving the Rancor some problems. Then the Rancor rips its arm off, punches its thumb cloth through the halli, and stabs it with its own gun arm. We get some unexpected tension between Pelomoto and the Major Domo. Major Domo, yeah. Just two veteran comedic actors. Cutting it up. Finding love on Tatooine. Rancor chucks a pike. We get the Wilhelm scream. He also eats one. Ah! Then Cad Bane, who decided to sit the entire fight out until this moment, shows up. Does a little flamethrower in the Rancor's face who bucks Boba to the ground and just leaves. Yep. That's it. It's like Frankenstein's monster. All you need is a little fire. That thing is terrified. Runs away. The end. So we get the much anticipated Boba Cad Bane standoff. Known you a long time, Boba. One thing I can't figure. What's your angle? What's your angle? Seriously, though. Thank you, Cad Bane. What is his angle? Cad Bane definitely expositioned for all of us in the audience. <laughs> this is my city. These are my people. I will not abandon them. Like the Tuscans. Oh, see, he gets it now. 
because he he connected the dots. Don't toy with me. I'm not a little boy any longer. And you are an old man. I'm still faster than you. That may be, but I have armor. Let's find out. Cad Bane outdraws him, shoots him in the arm. Now's about the time you jet off to your back to tank. He's talking all the smack. Boba says, this is my city. He uses his flamethrower. Cad dodges it, somersaults, and shoots him again. We talked about this last week, about how Boba and Cad Bane were in a duel in an unreleased scene from Clone Wars. It was unfinished. If you watch it, it's like very herky-jerky kind of storyboard almost. But it explains how Boba got the dent in his helmet and how Cad Bane got the metal plate in his head, which I didn't notice until his hat fell off and we saw metal plate in the head. You gave it a shot. You tried to go straight, but you've got your father's blood pumping through your veins. Mm. You're a killer. Kicks him. This isn't the first time I beat you out on a job. There's no shame in it. He rips his helmet off, stands over him. Consider this my final lesson. Look out for yourself. Anything else is weakness. And in the swiftest combo, Boba dodges it, disarms Cad Bane, gets up all in one motion, using the gaffy stick, trips him, knocks the other blaster out. Cad says, I knew you were a killer, and Boba stabs him in the chest. And as Cad Bane dies, it sounds... Like air is being let out of a balloon or sounds like Micah Hot Whistle Parsons. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to Micah Parsons. Shout out to Micah Parsons. What a relevant reference there, Base. <laughs> yeah, topical. Cad Bane has like a red beeping receiver or something on him, so I don't know. I was simultaneously upset that they brought back Cad Bane for... To one episode only to kill him in the next episode and also upset that like oh wait a second he's not gonna be dead either way i was just like why did we do it this way yeah i couldn't agree more i thought this showdown was weak he shoots him twice and then is playing with his food and we're supposed to buy that because boba learned some gaffy stick training that he's better than cad bane now like- the fact that cad bane got him messed him up pretty quickly i like that i did that like i taught you everything and I'm still nicer than you. Mm-hmm. But again, the playing with the food part and the fact that he would just go down like that. But also, if we had gotten seven episodes of Cad Bane sure. and that's how he died, I'd be cool with it, right? And all of his scenes, except for the one with the Pikes, were pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. It's an Old West dual standoff. Talk some shit. <laughs> Man, I wish you could clip. I would have you clip Gene Wilder in Blazing Saddles. He's like, now, steady as a rock. But I shoot with this hand. (laughs) We get the shot of him sweeping back his coat to show off his gun three or four times. Yeah. I was hoping for a little more pursuit. Yes. They've got a jetpack. He's got the rocket boots, which we didn't even get to see. Yes. They saved this for last after the huge robot fight. I would have much rather had. 20 minutes of Cad Bane in the mix and then some robots. Or even like a conversation. Like if Cad Bane had appeared earlier in the series and then you get like a conversation between Ming-Na and like, yo, who's that? That's the guy that trained me, taught me everything, you know, whatever. Like a little bit of exposition, not not just to explain to people who don't watch, who haven't watched Clone Wars relationship, but just like for the purpose of the show to build some tension. How does Boba feel about Cad Bane now as an old man? Even the stuff that we know, Maze, we're going off of stuff that at this point is like 30 years ago. It's old news. It's super old, you know? Felt kind of hokey. We definitely wanted more. 
the blinking light on his chest, we didn't see it go out. So it's possible he's not dead, but it doesn't really matter in terms of this. Also, he could appear in any of the shows that take place in between now that they've introduced him. Bad Batch. He's been in Bad Batch, but I meant the live action ones. Like he could show up in Obi-Wan or he could show up in Andor. It's possible, but definitely did not get the most out of him in this show, which is too bad. Rancor is on his King Kong shit. The Power Rangers are just shooting at him for no reason. <laughs> and he climbs a tall tower and roars like King Kong. Then Mando gives Grogu the knob from the Razor Crest, flies up there to try and ride the Rancor. It doesn't work out because he didn't bond with him. Pelly says, Don't worry, kid, your old man's crafty. And then maybe he's not so crafty because he's uh, getting his ass kicked. Well, I, I get it. The opposite happened after she just said. Everything would work out. Grogu waddles out there again. He puts the Rancor to sleep. Then he's tired because he's used the Force. So he sleeps next to the Rancor. It's cute. Everyone goes, aww. Get it? This is the same technique that Anakin used on Geonosis in Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. It is also something that Ezra used in Star Wars Rebels with the weird manta ray looking animals. I learned through my research, this is not something that every Jedi can do. Right. This is a power that some Jedi get to use, some Force users get to use it. And so, shout out to Grogu. He's got that particular power. Pelly's disappointed there won't be a barbecue like there was with the crate Dragon. She's always thinking about food, just like Grogu. Then we've got the Pike leader with the three Gotcha leaders and the mayor. They're getting ready to cut and run. This planet's not hospitable. Fennec shows up, kills them all. They're incredibly bad at realizing that there's a skylight in this place. It's not like it's a huge glass window. It's literally just a little window at the top where all of that. She hung somebody. I'm like, how does that work? Hangs the mare and breaks his extremely long neck. Yeah. And then sneaks up behind the pike, stabs him in the back before he notices. That easy. I did like that it was that easy for her, though. Totally. Because, again, she's a master assassin. Moss Espa is now peaceful, and the god Fetther strolls through town with Fennec. Back to tanks being used. First, I thought it was for Santo, but no, Santo's right there. Boba doesn't like people bowing to him, but it's better than shooting at him. Those are the only options. They offer him a mail-a-rune. We're not suited for this. If not us, then who? Not now, then when? They all stand around with the Power Rangers, and Scad is mad he didn't get a melon. <laughs> Let the Wookiee have it. ha, <laughs> ha. Out in space, Grogu is sitting in his perfect little dome that was made for him. He's knocking on the glass with the knob from the crest. Reminded me of, are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. No. Wants Mando to go fast. Who's at first reluctant, but then he hits the Nos. This is the last time Grogu gets thrown back in his seat. He loves it. Credits. post credit scene, it's Cobb Vanth in the back to tank. And Thundercat is there again. With his, his own music playing. It's in his contract. It's his writer. Some of this stuff is just, what are you guys doing? You're making a mockery. You're making a mockery, Maze. Were you surprised that the person to come save the day wasn't the Tuscan woman warrior? That was my first thought for sure. But the Rancor made more sense because what are the Tuscans going to do to those giant Scorpionic droids? Yeah, yeah, probably not. Maybe before the Scorpionics showed up when the first time they're pinned down. Yeah. I still think she's out there, though. Yeah, me too. It's just things that didn't have payoffs. Steven Root didn't have a payoff. The Tuscan female warrior didn't have a payoff. Like, oh, yeah, that was cool. All right, later. Why? 
Why, 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 why? Did you notice at every point they make pains to point out to us that the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers were actually good and smart and you guys just don't give them a chance? (laughs) They never make mistakes. They never say dumb shit. Every plan they have is okay. The worst thing that happened was Mando told them, stop shooting at it. You're making it angry. And that was it. I hate them so much. We didn't need it. We didn't need them. The whole resolution here, the cavalry that shows up is seven people. (laughs) They didn't have the numbers. They said it over and over again. They didn't have the numbers for this. So that's why nobody died is because they didn't have the numbers to kill anybody. And by the way, the Weequay says Covent is dead, right? So how the hell did we get him from Freetown all the way to Mos Espa and into the Bacta tank? It's not like it just happened on the battlefield right now. Let's rush him over. This dude's been cold at this point, right? This is all pretty much the same day. I don't think I don't think it's been that long, but they were already trying to heal him and stuff before. Hold on. Cad Bane shot the dude, went back, talked to the Pikes, came back, talked to Boba, went back, chilled somewhere, came back. Maybe one day, one full day. That was the funny thing as well is when Cad Bane shows up to the Pikes, they say, wow, so quick. The dude walked all the way out to yeah. the desert and back. And walked were, the whole time. But yeah. apparently he did it in record time, so. Getting his steps in, Cad Bane. Overall thoughts about this show, Maze. I saw a lot of people, I read, you know, reading other people's kind of thoughts and reviews. A lot of them were like, well, this wasn't really about Boba Fett. If this is just a, a Star Wars kind of potpourri thing, then I love it. But if like if it's about Boba Fett, wasn't really about Boba Fett, and Boba Fett isn't what we wanted to be, et cetera, et cetera. I, I'm going to say this. Even as a collection of Star Wars stories, I liked Boba of Arabia. Yeah. I loved episodes five and six. Yeah. That's it. Everything else was just a waste of time. I pretty much agree. I don't see why this couldn't have been a standalone Boba connecting the dots episode, long episode, movie, whatever. And then why couldn't Mando have just shown up to help him out in season three for an episode or two? Why did this need to be its own thing? Why did this need to be seven episodes? Like you said, the best part is the part that had nothing to do with Boba. This was a very underwhelming resolution. Who are the bad guys? The Pikes. Well, we're going to kill them. Now what? Just the fact that the Pikes were the, the ultimate bad guys. Really? We were expecting that Kira, Crimson Dawn, cliffhanger. No cliffhanger here. Nothing. I'm not counting Cobb Vanth is still alive as a cliffhanger. That's the wild thing. Was Oh, got a post credit scene. I was like, I knew it. Here we go. Crimson Dawn or something. Anybody. Nope. Timothy Oliphant's still alive. And Thundercat's still playing his music. What do they do in season two? Do I care? I don't know. Definitely not. Does this make you more or less excited for Obi-Wan? Here's my thing. They said Obi-Wan's getting a show and and Hayden Christian's coming back. He's going to play Darth Vader. I heard that. I was like, man, I don't know. But then I saw Mandalorian season two and I was like, damn, man, they did such a great job with this. I don't know. Maybe they will do a great job with that. Now watching this, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I already know Ice Cube Jr. is in it. (laughs) Things like that scare me. You don't like O'Shea Jackson Jr.? I do, I do, but it's just like some people, I don't, like, I don't know, man. It all depends. <laughs> it scares me. Only two things scare me, and one is Ice Cube Jr. For instance, when you say Giancarlo Esposito is in a Star Wars show, I'm like, this dude's a serious actor. I, I believe like he's going like hit the marks and stuff. When you tell me that Bill Burr is in, I'm like, wow, this is kind of out there. But let's see where it goes. 
When you tell me O'Shea Jackson Jr. or Steven Root or whatever, like, I guess Steven Root had an opportunity to be good. They've just been more consequential. This is my thing. I don't like this cameo thing. They've been doing that throughout Mandalorian, though. I don't know. Have they? Yeah. From the very first episode, Horatio Sand. Yeah. Every, yeah. every person that shows up is somebody. They can get pretty much whoever they want because of how they make the show in LA. And you just you drive down to the soundstage and you do your time and then you go go back home. It's not a heavy commitment. It's kind of the, the model that they've been doing. Yeah, I guess. You're right. Yeah. In terms of how I feel about the future, I'm more excited for Obi-Wan than I was for Book of Boba Fett anyways. So I'm not that concerned about it. I don't know. We'll see. I think the weirdest thing to me is that I get the idea of maybe wanting to draw more people to the show by making the two Mandalorian episodes in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. But I still can't believe that they could only cobble together five episodes of this Boba show. That was just not compelling. Yes or no, the Hutt should have been the main villains. They should have been around for more than 12 minutes. Introduce them and then they're leaving in a second. Which, by the way, is what they did with Cad Bane. Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm gone. That's it. Bye. Some Star Wars news for you here. Obi-Wan, as we know, is coming out May 25th. Rumor alert, Rupert Friend is playing the Grand Inquisitor in Obi-Wan Kenobi. More like Rupert Foe. Haha. This gave me hope for this. Because if the premise is Darth Vader's hot on Obi-Wan's trail and is sending all of these Inquisitors and probe droids and everything looking for him, I'm with it. If it's him and Obi-Wan keep running into each other in the weirdest places at the supermarket on Coruscant, on the beach of Scarif, like, I I don't want that. I would love for them to never share the screen together unless it's like a forced time phone call. Yeah, and if the Grand Inquisitor is in it, that is implying a lot of Jedi action, which I am always down for. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. All right. So, Maze, I promised the people we'd, we'd give them an opportunity to ask some questions. I know we've got some recordings. The first one comes from a name that should sound pretty familiar to you, Maze, and familiar to fans of Cinephobe. He's the guy that does all the artwork for us. His name is Mark Ordner, and Mark asks, can you go over Darth Maul's entire storyline and how he fits in with Crimson Dawn? And then second question is, what is Duel of the Fates? Saw this trending on Twitter and read that it was an alternative script to Rise of Skywalker. Enjoy the podcast, best Mark Ordner. Really quickly, I'll answer the second question first because it's a lot faster. Duel of the Fates is the name of that music from the prequels. The Epic. It's the Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan fight. I love that music. Now, there was an alternative script to Rise of Skywalker. Maze, I don't know if you ever saw this or read it, I should say. In the alternative script, there is no emperor. The bad guy is Kylo Ren. Uh, Kylo Ren, we open as he is searching for a Sith holocron through all the ancient kind of uh, all of Vader's old haunts. And speaking of haunts, he's haunted by the ghost of Luke Skywalker, who will to- who continues to torment him. And Kylo basically goes crazy. Meanwhile, Finn and Oscar Isaac's character Poe Dameron. They hijack a Star Destroyer, and they go on some shenanigans there. And Rey continues her learning in the Force. The movie builds up to a crescendo where we have a face-off between Kylo Ren and Rey. And Rey is about to die, and then she hears all the voices of all the Jedi past, and she gets, you got the touch, and she gets up and, and wins the end. 
I thought, much better script than the one we actually got. But Well, yeah, because they got scared because of the Last Jedi backlash, and they went back to J.J., and they just brought back the original trilogy idea. Now, as far as Darth Maul's entire storyline... There's a lot. There's a lot. So you, if you only watch the movies, like, didn't he die in episode one? No, he got cut in half, but survived and was like uh, kind of much like Fennec Shand using cybernetics, had the second half of his body replaced with a big spider kind of body. He went crazy, obsessing over the two people he feels ruined his life, Obi-Wan, who cut him in half, and the Emperor, who abandoned him, right, and forsook him and took Dooku on as his new apprentice. So um, he goes crazy, and basically his whole life is about how he's going to get revenge on these two. He's found by his brother, Savage Opress, who is also from the planet Dathomir, and Savage kind of nurses him back to health, and they begin to take over the underworld uh, by killing basically major bosses and taking over, creating Crimson Dawn and the Shadow Collective. And we talked a little bit about how they took over Mandalore briefly by uh, siding with Death Watch and then doubles crossing. And uh, they, you know, he comes across Obi-Wan at some point and, you know, kills Duchess Satine. Obi-Wan was blowing her back out, as I said. Uh, he comes across Sidious. Sidious defeats him and kind of humiliates him and kills his brother. As he gets older, we don't know really what happens between, I guess he continues to lead the crim- criminal organization Crimson Dawn. We know that from the end of Solo. But at some point, that goes away or he goes away. He just becomes like a hermit somewhere until he comes across Ezra Bridger and kind of soft converts him to the dark side, but not really, uh, but uses Ezra basically to find Obi-Wan, finds Obi-Wan finally on Tatooine. They're both old men, and they have this very graceful samurai duel that lasts like all of three seconds. He dies, but before he dies, he asks Obi-Wan, is it true? Are you protecting the chosen one? And Obi-Wan says, yes. And Darth Maul dies a happy man. (laughs) Think that covers it? Yeah. Dies happy is interesting. (laughs) I mean, like, he's got, like, this look of sigh of relief on his face. You did? Oh, that's nice. Okay, bye. Next question. From Benjamin Sorofman. Sorry, Benjamin, if I didn't say your name right. You have... The question is, will we see Ezra in the Ahsoka series? I think that's what the whole Ahsoka series is about. Gotta be the point. Ezra and Thrawn. Some of these questions, if I'm using portions, it's either because I've answered this question before or it's being answered with from another question. So don't be mad if I don't read your whole thing. From Davina, is Mando not a true Mandalorian since he was not born on Mandalore? And then I know you know about back to tanks, but why does Boba need one? I wasn't really sure of Vader's need either. What does a back to tank do for these guys? Oh, and then lastly, how did Yoda know about the rule of two? Is he is not a Sith? Okay, this is really quick. Mando's not a true Mandalorian, but Mandalorians, it's almost like a religion. Yeah, Mandalorian isn't a race. It's a creed. It's a religion. So he's a foundling, but a lot of Mandalorians are human. Most of them are humanoid, yes. The back to tanks. Boba needs one because he sustained incredible injuries in the Sarlacc and also being left out in the sun, thanks a lot to the asshole Jawas. So the idea is that these back-to-tank like flashbacks he's having is that 
he still needs to do this to, to heal. He's not 100% healed until that episode where Droid comes out and says you're 100% healed. And now he doesn't need it unless he gets shot, which I think happened one time as well. Vader is different. So Vader obviously was horribly, horribly damaged on Mustafar in his battle with Obi-Wan. So the Emperor finds him and they put the suit on him. The suit keeps him alive, but he's in constant pain. And the Emperor did that on purpose because he wants Anakin in pain because pain comes from, you know, the dark side is strong basically in that. So Vader basically chills in a Bacta in his spare time because it just to, so he's not in excruciating pain all the time. The quick answer is that Boba needed one because he was hurt and he needed to heal. In Vader's case, he was never going to heal. This was just merely to be tolerable for him. And finally, how did Yoda know about the rule of two as he's not a Sith? Yoda's like 8 billion years yeah, old. He's old. So he, he was around when there was Sith. Like, they're like it's not like this thing like, what? No, there's no Sith. Or I've heard about him. I read him out in a book. He was around for that. All right. Next question. Rolando wants to know your opinion of Luke's story in The Last Jedi. To summarize his opinion, felt like Disney was deleting most of the previously established Luke canon in The Last Jedi. That like that Luke, that that's not my Luke, basically. Yeah, I'm not with that. I really liked The Last Jedi. I really liked that depiction of him. I think that something that we didn't really get into that much last episode was how much the training with Grogu and the dynamics of that set up the Last Jedi version of Luke. And one of the biggest things to take away from it is that Luke was not a good teacher and Luke does not have all the answers, which is pretty clear watching him with Grogu. So this idea that Luke is just perfect is weird. I guess that's how you could walk away from Return of the Jedi. But in terms of his development, he's still very young like he's still got a lot to learn in terms of a sports comparison he's at his peak in terms of athleticism and raw talent but he has no finesse he has no savvy and he has that at the end of the last jedi but it's because he made mistakes i looked at it differently i looked at it as first of all you want a guy who was a certain way at the age of 17 20 23 basically to be the same as when he's like in his mid fifties, right? And that's just that's just not the not that not happen for any of us, right? Unless you're like Grogu, where it's like you're pretty much the same age through that time. The other thing was that if you're from Luke's standpoint, he didn't go through typical Jedi training. No, Grogu is actually way more classically trained and more knowledgeable of the Jedi way than than Luke is. Yeah, Grogu went to Juilliard. Yeah, exactly. Like. All these guys went to this academy, and Luke's trying to figure it out from books and talking to Yoda's ghost, right? That's where Luke is figuring stuff out. Hand me down education. Absolutely. Like he learned from, he learned from like basically going to the library. So, as gifted as he is and, and strong with force or whatever, Luke's entire adulthood basically had been his identity is like, yeah, the Sith was, you know, destroyed the Jedi and plunged the galaxy in darkness and we did it we overcame we killed the emperor blah 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 like everything's cool that the Sith will ne- the dark side will never rise again everything's cool and so then he starts this academy based on a couple of pamphlets and how-to dummy books that he found and within it he inadvertently creates the same thing that like d- destroyed the galaxy the first time and he realizes wait a second i will use the owner's manual 
from the same assholes who like were hubris and and destroyed this thing to begin with. Yep. He used a faulty playbook. Mm-hmm. There is a level of extreme guilt and say, maybe I should have just left alone. You know, I fixed everything. I could have just walked away and this wouldn't have happened. But instead, I try to be smart like the Jedi and this is what happened. And so that's what I, I always felt like it was the guilt of someone who knew this is all my fault and I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm shutting myself up. It's the reason why like Ray hands him the, the lightsaber. He trembles, even though he throws it and it's ha ha, very funny comedic effect. He's trembling when he takes it because he realized, oh my God, like it's been a minute since I've thought about this stuff. Yeah, and also, like you're saying, he's using a faulty playbook. What happened when Anakin became Darth Vader? Yoda pieced out yep. in shame yep. to Dagobah. Obi-Wan pieced out in shame to Tatooine. You don't think that Obi-Wan in this upcoming series is going to be filled with grief and regret right. from what he's done as well? And not to mention Ahsoka. Where the hell you been? Right? Like these people around. But it's like, man, like even the best of us sometimes get down, man. It's, it's just human nature. This one is from Adam Iverson. Comes to us from AI? from Stu Falls. Yeah. White Iverson, I like to call him. Stu Falls. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to talk about the Darth Jar Jar theory. Maze, do you want to take that one? No. Darth Jar Jar? You've never heard of this? Jar Jar is a Sith Lord? That Jar Jar Binks was the original secret Sith Lord. My God. It was Palpatine's apprentice. What are we doing, folks? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Okay, so you're young. After episode one, George Lucas told everybody like, hey, hey, I know you guys don't like this Jar Jar Binks story, but trust me, he's going to be prove very important. They talked to Ahmad Best, who's the guy that played Jar Jar Binks, and he claims, yes, they changed the story. Like, Obviously, they keep the story under wraps, but like his impression throughout the making of episode one was like, yes, I'm going to be a huge reason. And instead, he got marginalized because, again, surprise, surprise, the backlash was so bad. They just made kept Jar Jar as a stupid, ridiculous. <laughs> All types of YouTube video breakdowns of like Jar Jar's actions in episode one. And it's like, there's no way he can do this without being force sensitive. Dodging laser bolts and like getting a droid stuck to his foot and using it. It's a pretty interesting theory, to be honest with you. But like, again, Jar Jar was such a cartoonishly hated character that they were like, nah, that might be a, a bridge too far. He was important. I mean, he filled in for Amidala and cast the yeah. deciding vote to make Palpatine have executive power and take over the Senate. Couple more questions. Jacob Knightich says, what Star Wars video game are you most excited about? Is it Eclipse? Is it the remake of Knights of the Old Republic? Is it the open world game we're getting? Is it Jedi Fallen Order 2? What is it, Maze? I always loved Knights of the Old Republic. I thought that was a great game, so I would be excited for the update on that. This Eclipse one looks amazing, so I'm very intrigued about it, but it does take place in the old, like a long, long time ago in this period where there was no Sith or the Sith were in hiding. So, I, you know, I think I'm going to go with Fallen Order 2. That's my favorite game that I've played, a Star Wars game. What Sith Lord, this is from Fernando, what Sith Lord should get a TV show that is not Palpatine, Vader, or Maul? His vote is either Darth Bane or Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis would be cool, but I don't know how that would fit into anything. I feel like it'd be almost Roman Empire era <laughs> Star Wars stuff. RG asks... 
how much time does it take for you to prep for a review episode? You drop a lot of references, but is that happening in your brain in real time as you watch? How much of the referential stuff just pop out to you? Do you rewatch it from your thoughts? I typically watch each episode twice. I'll watch one just to watch it, and then I'll go back and watch it again to kind of make my notes. While I'm watching, there are definitely things that are like, oh, yeah. Like, so when I'm talking about Cad Bane and Boba being in a shootout and Cad Bane, like, oh, that stuff, some of that stuff is easy. Some of that stuff, it's like you remember something, but you don't remember exactly what it's called. So the Droidicus is a great example. I know the droid from episode one. I just don't remember, and from Clone Wars, I just don't remember the name. So there's some stuff I'll Google. And then I'll watch some of the other reviews out there because sometimes those guys have some deep cuts, particularly if it's stuff from the books. What about you, Maze? Yeah, I would prefer to watch it the first time just to experience it and react to it in real time. And then the second time you take some notes. It's also easier to take notes after you already watched it. So you know what you kind of want to focus in on. And then I try to read a couple of things just to see if there's anything that I'm really missing. For instance, the Godfather thing I did not pick up on the first time around. I was not attuned to that. There's some pretty innocuous lines. So then when I see on Twitter, we actually had somebody ask us to talk about it. So I'm like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And then, you know, with some digging, I'm able to put the pieces together. I was aware that they were trying to make this Godfather influenced show going back to when he sits down with the heads of the three gotras. Yeah. But boy, maybe they should have aimed a little lower. I mean, than the Godfather. Finally, there's an audio one, Maze. This is from Jeffrey Lasseter. Really wants to know which character from the Book of Boba Fetts is most similar to me, Smeagol and the Preciouses, she says. Which character is it? There's only one Smeagol-level character, and it's really more of a type of character. Smeagol would be a Jawa. Yes. Covetous. Yes. When they stumble upon Boba's armor, if one of the Jawas had become particularly attached to it in a more than friends type of way, that's my answer. <laughs> also, Jawas are sometimes very weak creatures, and sometimes it could be like very dangerous, kind of like Smeagol. A Force-sensitive Jawa. That would be... That would be yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> we should have Jess Matana here talk about her favorite. Yeah, I'll have to get Jess... In the booth so we can do the Rings of Power. Oh, my God. Did you see the artwork? Oh, yeah. So cool. Well, folks, this is going to do it for our limited run of Darth Amin's Rule of Two on Mystery Crate. All you regular people are going to be like, oh, thank God. Now we can talk about who has the best tissues. Is it Kleenex or is it Puffs? Like, you guys, it's it's coming back. Don't worry about it. Maze? I mean? I kind of want to do this again, though, when Obi-Wan comes out. Just to rile up the, the usuals, the regulars around here. The regs, as we call them. We'll give them three months to acclimate to regular Mystery Crate, and then we'll swoop back in. Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, apparently Ice Cube Jr. Or you guys can just, like, bombard Lepetard Show and, and Metal Arc Media with requests with a standalone Star Wars podcast. I don't have the power, believe it or not, to make that happen. But you do. You do as the people. So whether it's making things on Reddit, whether it's tweeting about it, whether it's sending messages to all the important people at this company, get it done. So shall it be written, so shall it be done. Okay, I'm meeting the cable guy.
That'll do it for another episode of Mystery Crate. Be sure to check out all the podcasts and Love and Tartar Friends uh, Network, including Stupidity. God bless football. God bless God football. Bless football is cranking it killer, out. Killer. They, they've been tremendous this week with, yeah. with the uh, Radio Row interviews. I think I'm slurring at this point. Stu Gatz Me too. Is, dude, he just always brings it, man. Even when he's not here. He's Even here. In spirit. He, he, loves, he loves him some Radio Row. Yeah. I'm a little bummed that we didn't he's get He's texting me like every day, like, how yeah. is it, buddy? Who'd yeah, you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, like, can you imagine him waddling around this place? Yeah. Sticking finger s- guns in the air. Finger guns, sausage fingers at guests. He would be Chummy, absolute, so chummy. Oh, my God. This is his element. Yeah. And like, I actually think that we've done pretty well in terms of, like, coming out of our shell a little bit. And It, it makes me feel like I really am like Stugatz because I feel like this is my element, too. Hmm. You have you have flourished here. I mean, yeah. I think like we all. I but feel like this is. Yeah, it's more like the. This I is think, our business. Why is this so? Like, why, let's dissect why Dan thinks this is so sad. Because this is like this is like a bunch of people um, in our industry gathering to talk about the biggest sporting event. In I don't the world. think he likes to see other people do shows <laughs> at the same time he's doing a show. No, I think it, I think it's like you know like Missoula's radio station. I think he thinks that most of the it. people here doing shows are shit. Well, I mean, I didn't want to say that. So, and you are slurring a little bit. Yeah. I am slurring a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, where's Matt? Let's do this thing. All right, Matt. Let's here we go. Explain to Matt. We've got a game here. I'll, here. I'll let it's you get a, on headset. Chris famous, and Tony will guide you. It's a the famous game. TikTok game. Yes. It's, it's been made famous on TikTok where a, a guy shows his dad sports logos, and because his dad, I guess, doesn't know sports. Staged. Yeah, he thinks that's stage, but this is not. This staged. is not stage. Matt does not know sports. Matt, let him know your sports bona fides. None. Yes, okay. All go. right. Good. Good answer. <laughs> so I'm going to show you two logos. Togos. Okay? And they're from the NFL. So at least you have that to go off of. All right. First one is going to be the top, and then the second one is going to be the, the bottom. One. I wonder if this so works the on first a podcast like, where the talk, audience talk can't through. see it. The first one, yeah. Talk us what you. No, I got an idea. Take his headphones, headphones off real fast. Take his headphones off real fast. Okay. Oh, okay. It's the Texans and the Colts. All right. Put your headphones back on. <laughs> All right. The first right. one. Let's talk us through what you're seeing. Yeah. The top one here. Well. It looks like the head of a bull, and okay. he has one eyeball. It's yeah. a star. Okay, okay. wow. And, so what would that uh, one star, no pupil. Well, what would that team be called, and what city would they be from? Or the state? <laughs> 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 Give us a guess. Give us a guess. Come on. you got to okay. fight through. They are the uh, – they're not from New England. There's already some guys yeah, from there. there. Yeah, that's okay. right. So these guys are from Michigan. Okay. Michigan what? The Michigan what? Bullheads. <laughs> <laughs> the Michigan one-eyed bulls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the you he- nailed it. It's the Houston Texans. The Michigan one-eyed bulls. Okay. <laughs> How about the bottom one? Yeah. The horseshoes. Okay. No. All right. Colts. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. From, from where? Um. Wait. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> All right, they're from the Midwest. Okay, the Midwest Colts. Uh, <laughs> Come on now. To go further into it, they're from Oklahoma. Okay, Oklahoma okay. Colts. And then even deeper uh-huh. into it, what's a city in Oklahoma? City? Oklahoma what? City Colts. <laughs> Oklahoma City Colts <laughs> nailed it. Great job, buddy. Oh, the the Indi- Michigan One-Eyed Bulls that, and the Oklahoma that City is Colts. So good. It's the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. Ah. But I think he did decent, man. Let's give it up for yeah. Matt. Twenty-five yeah. percent correct. Matt was our That's PA this grade. week. Matt was our PA. He did a bunch of good shit for us. He drove us. He picked us up. He was the king, man. Good job. Good, good job. Thank Matt. you, guys. Clap. <laughs> How do you think that went? That was, uh, dude. That is that really is a good bit. It's like, a great bit. That I love sports. that bit. How's this going? I think yeah. it's going well. <laughs> I, I know you're doing a thing. <laughs> doing a thing. We're all doing a thing. All right. Man. So I guess where we can close is how we've all kind of become each other. Yeah. Um, for Tony, 
I've been saying this guy gets it. Oh yeah, way more than I ever Me had too. before. Same. Also, yeah, don't worry about it. Bah. That's a, a that's yeah. a, that's a classic me, yeah. classic Tony. Um, are, the, are, the, are there any other bits we picked up from Tony? There are. I can't think of any right now because my mind is fried. Mm. Just general friedness because of the gotten from me. Yeah. Mm. I feel no, like I'm generally <laughs> fried like a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys call them again? Uh, javelins. Javelins. Yeah, toss a javelin. <laughs> That's a shout out to Lewis. Few, few too many javelins for you, Tony. Uh, I don't know. Not even. <laughs> Just life. This life, exactly. <laughs> Just life, yes. Is the audience. I've noticed, I learned on this trip that Tony's kind of in his head. Yeah, I don't know if you I want that so on is, there. But so no, is Chris. I am though. I, I am. I never I, knew this about Tony. I didn't see yeah. you. Never. I never knew that about Tony, you. Tony, you give off such a sense of like cool, yes. calm, and composure that like I'm yeah. surprised that you're in your head. Yeah. Well, that's you know. Are, are we doing too? Like, do are we you doing? Not, do you not even want to talk about? No, this? no, no. Yeah, I can yeah, talk. Yeah, I'll talk yeah. about anything. I don't yeah. care. Um, yeah. yeah. There's, there's sometimes we're all vulnerable sometimes. Yeah. Like, I've never. We don't get to be vulnerable around each other very much. We're too busy. Making content. I honestly content, found it very characters. cool. Like we've had some nice conversations, yeah. and it's been cool to see some vulnerability. Yeah, I. Uh, what I try and do is project how I want to feel instead of sometimes how I feel. Yeah, I think a lot of people do that, and mm. like that's something where I struggle with. You project like what you want people to see. Right. Right. Exactly. Like, that's what everybody does. A lot yeah. of people do that. So I I do use that as a as a shield sometimes. Group hug. Yeah. Yeah. Come sure. on, bring it in. in here. All right. Yeah, come on, okay. bring it in here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Give me your hand, Chris. Yeah. Oh, right there. Oh, I like that. It's good. Felt good. I had fun with you guys. This is great. This was great. I'm gonna, remember, to... I'm gonna remember this forever. As will yeah, I. I bought a forever? beach towel. <laughs> Do we want to talk about that? I spent a shitload <laughs> I, of money at the, just, at the Super Bowl store. I just walked in with no game plan. <laughs> they got you, right? Three hundred and seventy dollars later. <laughs> I have a, a quarter zip I'll never wear. A shot glass. I better see you, I better see you in that quarters of once a month I in the studio. Bought my daughter like six things. Bought my wife a hat she'll never wear. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a bit planned for next week too. Uh, and could, Chris and uh, I, you're, yeah. you're, I'm so drained that I can't think of it. But I'm just gonna go. Uh. <laughs> just look at look at Chris and I. See what we have on. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah oh, yeah, do yeah, we have yeah. a bit for you mm -hmm. on Monday? It's an official bit. Ooh. It's too bad you can't combine those words. Ah. It really could have gotten us to the finish line. Oh, fit. Obit. Good night, everyone. The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door... Visit MillerLite.com slash crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer.